All right, welcome back to another edition of the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Ben Standick here, Mr. Adam Rubin from truthaboutit.net. Stepping in here as well, uh, we are going to try to be as up-tempo and high-powered as the Wizards were tonight while trying also to remain as consistent, well, sorry, trying to remain more consistent than this crazy team is because they go from losing by, what, they lose by 36 points or give or take in Brooklyn to beating Orlando 130 to 103 in one of their easiest games of the year. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the game, and also uh, I've got uh, some audio here from Bradley Beal post game talking about Monday's big matchup with the Celtics. Uh, and, and I guess first and foremost, let me just I'll say to everybody here, happy holidays to you and yours out there. Uh, it's been a fun year. I really appreciate everybody being part of this. I hope you guys have a safe holiday and uh, you know all that good stuff, Mr. Rubin. That applies to you as well. How are you uh, doing? How, how are you feeling? Uh, here on a Saturday night with after a Wizards super duper easy win. Well, I'm feeling a lot better than I did 24 hours ago, so that's a good sign. The game went as I expected and as I hoped. You, you said you said well because we did the podcast last night. You said that we you think we had also done the Utah game. So our uh, scenario here is pretty much all or bust. They they're either going to win by a lot or lose by a lot. It, it seems to be, and of course that seems to be where they're at. In uh, in general, by the way, Shelvin Mack did not play tonight for Orlando. That's just sad. I feel like that he should be, you know, he should get like automatic minutes when he comes in here. And he was out there warming up before the game. Uh, I remember I did a double take. I was like, oh yeah, okay, they got Shelvin Mack. Uh, and yeah, if he's gonna play, this would be the game to do it. When you're <laughs> up by 30 points, you think he could get in? Is Shelvin Mack one of those guys now that is like too far removed? Like yeah, cool, hey, but whatever. Like you know, we're, it, it was 2011 at this point, right? We're a little uh, a little past it. Yeah, yeah, I'd say he's uh, <laughs> he's not at the. You have to do something spectacular while you're here to last that long. Like a, a Michael Ruffin uh, would still, I think, get recognition from the hometown fans, uh, but he's sort of faded away. I think Sheldon. Um, the fact that I started this podcast talking about a guy who didn't play and what we're now saying is a wizard, not really worthy of further discussion too much, is, it says something about sort of this game. I mean, look, the, the, the Wizards had it going in every way, shape, or form. Fifty-four percent shooting from the field. Made 16 of 33s, 20 of 23 from the free throw line. They yeah, rebounded Orlando 48-29. They had uh, seven players scoring double figures. There was never really a doubt. The lead got up to 29. Orlando had it down to 15 early in the fourth quarter. It never got closer than that. So, you know, to some degree, I don't even know how much we need to talk about this game. Uh, as I said, the Celtics are coming up. We'll get to sort of that. But, um you know, the, 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 the one thing about this was is that um, we all spent a lot of time pregame drilling, uh, grilling Scott Brooks about the, the, the concept of the, the, the inconsistency. And I asked him about that um, – crap, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, urgency. Like it's one thing for players to say they, that they need more sense of urgency, but then they don't always execute it. And, I you know – we, we talked about it last night. I'm done assuming that this is the turnaround. Anybody who wants to do that, rock on. I hope, I hope it works out for you. Um, this was a game where they came out and played really well, but, you know, it doesn't mean that much. And, uh, I, I mean, it, it's better that they won. I really don't have a point here. I'm just sort of saying that, you know, it is sort of, okay, they won this game. It was easy. Great. The, Orlando, uh, by the way, we talk about the Wizards injuries. 
Yeah. Orlando's got crazy injuries. They have their top two leading scores are out. Their first round pick is out. Uh, one other keep reserve, Terrence Ross, is out. Then in the game in the first quarter, Nick, uh, Nick Vucevic, their guy, you know, big time center, who's you know, all star at times, he he breaks his finger and he goes out. That was from that point on, Orlando just fell apart and lost. So the Wizards are fully intact at the moment <laughs> uh, with with their injuries. They have missed a bunch of games. But, you know, when you uh, facing Orlando is a reminder that, oh, wow, it's, it, it could be worse. But it's also a reminder of what this team can do when it focuses. So, you know, I don't have much more to say than that. But, yeah, tonight they focus. We'll see about tomorrow, so to speak. Well, two things I would point out. One is the 33-point attempts they had. And they made 16, so it makes it much easier to, to put up that many. But one thing Brooks mentioned after the game is that he said he liked the 30 mark, and that's what he tells the team he wants them to hit you know, going forward. And we know in the beginning of the season, their three-point attempts were, were down, and they weren't really sure why. But so that's just a little thing to keep keep in mind that this is the amount that, that Brooks wants to see, and we'll see if they can keep hitting that going forward. The second was John Wall's play. He, was, he had more of a bounce and a step today. Uh, he was getting to the lane. He was fooling around a little bit with uh, his defenders. You know, he was having fun sort of getting into that mood where he starts skipping down the court. And, and that's good to see because as, as much as we talk about where is this team going, the inconsistency, it's going nowhere unless Wall play, gets back to his, you know, top five, top three point guard level. And tonight was a good start, especially after the minutes uh, he played last game. And, and Scott Brooks even said that he made a mistake uh, in post game. He said he made a mistake limiting him to the seven and a half minutes uh, in the first half last time. So it's just nice to see now he was back to a full minutes. He played... 31 out of the first 36 minutes. So he played 31 minutes through three quarters. So we're lucky the game didn't get close because Wall would have been playing a lot of minutes. So it's just good to see Wall. I mean, we're looking long-term. Wall's back, at least at least so far tonight. His turnover is still a problem, you know, but it's also because he was just fooling around a little uh, with the competition. Um, but they're all systems go heading into the Christmas Day game, and that's at least good to see. Yeah, uh, Brooks said the minutes restrictions is off, which is crazy because, again, last night... It was just on. It was on 24 hours ago. Yeah, yeah. but, okay, great. Like you said, Brooks played the starters a lot of minutes of the third quarter, I think in part because at that point they were still up fairly comfortable, and I think because they didn't play much last night, I think he wanted them to get uh, some run, uh, you know, after really not playing much last night. Um, Yeah, so you mentioned John Wall. That's good. Here's another thing I'll just point out. So big game from the bench. Let's not let's not bury the lead here with Mr. Mike Scott. Here's how good of a shooting Mike Scott is right now. In the nine games from from December fifth entering today, he was shooting seventy percent from the field. Seventy percent is insane, and he's taking jumpers. He's not a center, right? He raised his shooting percentage in that stretch tonight by going seven for eight from the field. I mean, I, you know, but that's insane. I mean, it's up to like seventy one and change. I'm just saying that that's insane. <laughs> he's shooting that well, and he still uh, pushed it up. Uh, he had 18 points, which led the way. Kelly Oubre off the bench, big game, 16 points, six rebounds, four assists, had three threes. Uh, Jody Meeks had a good game with 10 points. Uh, Mr. Sadoransky, six and five. Jan Mahimi had nine points. Uh, the bench did a good job. They came in. They, you know, the, the the Wizards got the lead to eight. They led by eight after the first quarter. Then the bench, all bench, started the second and really started to push it away. But here's one thing I will say. This goes off the rant I had last night about the Wizards lacking, uh, not having essentially a 13th, 14th, 15th guy to fill in the gaps at times. 
forget the Brooklyn game to some degree because everybody was a disaster in that one. But this, you know, after, with Otto Porter back, the bench has now returned to where it was, and lo and behold, it played pretty good again, right? Again, beating up on Orlando, I get that. But I'm saying they went out and played well. The the, the, the next time, if, if, say, Otto Porter had to miss another game and he has to go take Oubre out, the same problem is going to happen. If you leave the, the second unit as is, but somebody in that 13, 14, 15 slot could just, you know, you just play that person the opening five minutes of a game or the opening five minutes of each half. You can go from there, right? It just goes to show. I guess my point is that the second unit has, has really played very well from the basically the point that John Wall got hurt uh, up until the point when with, with, with Otto out, they had to sh- uh, shift it around. So they got back to that. I'll be curious to see now that we got the Celtics game. For all the, you know, let's, we all remember how bad the bench was a disaster in the, play, in, the, in the playoff series a year ago. And obviously, whatever happens in this one game, win, lose, whatever, won't tell us, tell the tale. But it'll be interesting to see the Wizards go up against the Celtics and now actually have a bench, seemingly, that can be potentially uh, effective. I mean, Boston looks completely different. But from the Wizards' perspective, the bench far superior to where they were a year ago. Yeah, you're still going to. Or a season ago. Yeah. I mean, Boston is obviously a different team, but you're still going to have uh, Rozier. You can have Marcus Smart on the second unit coming in and playing. You got now you got Tatum uh, playing big minutes. Um, it's still going to be a huge, what would have been a huge deficit, our last year's bench going up against you know this year's Celtics bench. So it, it's still a huge gap that Washington has to close, and it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see because. After the game, the players were talking about the, the Boston game and, and coming up because really there wasn't much to talk about about this game. So uh, they were talking about it. And they seemed excited. They didn't shy away from. They didn't say, "Well, it's just any other game. We're not really thinking about it." I mean, they were all the ones who spoke were ha- happy to be playing on Christmas. You know, looked at it as an honor and, and looking forward to it. And it's it's interesting because this is the type of game when they talk about we just have to turn it on. We have to start playing better. Urgency, all that stuff. This is the game where you're on national TV, where you can just sort of put your money where your mouth is. So we keep saying, let's wait till we see it. I mean, I think the Boston game is going to be a chance to, to see where they are and mentally more so than, than where they're, they're, you know, the, the, where they're playing, you know, physically, I think this, this will show like, are they really ready to come out and, and do something? You know, no matter how much we all like to say, well, I think they, this, I think they, that ultimately we don't really know, right? We're not inside of their heads. I mean, we only know what they tell us and we try to get the, give the best sense of what we can do, of what we can with the people around us. So um, Bradley Beal spoke after the game, he answered questions about the game and then it got into the Boston side of it and, and so on. And then after he talked to the group, a few of us chatted with him afterwards and um, you know, he, he, he's talking about, um, you know, I'll play that for you in a second. You'll hear it all. But the one question I asked him was, do you think because he said he he was miserable after they lost that series, obviously, you know, and all that. And I said, when we talk about the inconsistencies this year, I asked him, do you think that you because you guys were so close last year, one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals, you really want to get back there to, to be in that position? But it takes a long time to get there. Just to get back to that second final second round is May, and we're only in December now. We started in October. And obviously, that's part of the issue we talk about with any of these NBA teams, Golden State, Cleveland. What's your motivation throughout the process? Now, the Wizards should have motivation because they're not that good relative to those teams I just mentioned. Nonetheless, they've been kind of chesty 
uh, you know, at, at times th- during the offseason. And I asked him if he thought that um, because of that, because they're sort of waiting, they're looking ahead to get back to there. They, they want to prove themselves in that spot has led to some of this inconsistencies. I'll play his answer for you in a second. But you put any thought into that? You, you think there's something potentially to to that idea that because they've been so focused on the Celtics, and you know we've all talked about it. I mean, they, they could be the second best team in the East, and the Celtics are the rivalry, and blah 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 blah. That that's what they're focused on. You know, they haven't played them until now. Yeah, and I think it's even it goes beyond that because it's not just that they said, well, we really want that rematch with the Celtics. We want to get them back, and it's too bad we have to wait till May. What they this what the Wizards were saying after that series and, and in the offseason was not hey we would like another shot at them it's that oh we were the better team and we should have won oh the Cleveland Cavs tanked to avoid us if we had played Cleveland in the conference finals it would have been a much better uh, series we could have competed a lot better so it's not even like they're saying hey we want another shot to prove we're better it's more we are better and let's just fast forward to the end of the season and we'll show everybody so it's almost a step worse than just wanting to to wait for that rematch it's sort of the thinking they've won something when they haven't. And it was interesting because Scott Brooks in his press conference sort of unprompted when he was talking about the inconsistent play and going up against Boston. He said, hey, we, we had a good season last year, but we didn't do anything. We, we got to the second round. I mean, I was surprised and, and actually glad to hear him say that because his players certainly don't say that. For him to be like, look, we, that was nothing. We got to the second round. Who cares? So at least it's good for someone in the organization to have the mentality that we're not celebrating having you know reached the second round and we're not going to celebrate having reached it again if they do get there so so i thought that was refreshing to hear uh scott brooks you know say that today um so let's again i'll i'm not teasing it but i'll get to to beal here in just a moment uh look obviously boston is a completely different team i think it was only about four guys back from that team a year ago they do of course have kyrie irving that always means a kyrie irving sean wall matchup always uh always fun with that, uh, Jalen Brown looks to be a lot better than the guy that the Wizards saw last year, who was an energetic rookie. Um, Al Horford, huge pain in the took us uh, for, for the Wizards last year. And to me, on some level, it's the, again, I've, I've said this before, it's the thing that killed them in that series is Al Horford's perimeter shooting that the Wizards have not addressed this time. They still don't have, I mean, unless you're going to tell me Markeith is playing the five, I, they still don't have a guy who can go out and defend Horford. Uh, on the perimeter so so to me that's going to be a huge um situation and Horford shooting 41 percent from three and then of course Jason Tatum uh he is a St. Louis kid he and Beal know each other so they've got a relationship with Beal mentions that in here but you know we get to see him uh he's been insane he's hitting half of his three-point attempts this year um so so that'll be a whole new thing any one of these things for you that you're like most excited to see um, on uh, Monday? Well, I think Tatum, because he's sort of the, I mean, he's more than an X factor now, you know, he's emerged to, to being more than it used to be Ubre and Jalen Brown were sort of X factors. What are they going to do? Um, but Tatum seems to have just zoomed past because of his offense. And because that's where Boston sometimes stalled because they had Isaiah Thomas and you could just try to shut him down. But now to have a, a guy who can get his own shot on the weak side, I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, it's one thing to just zero in on Kyrie and have him dribble 20 times for 20 seconds. But the fact that they have this guy on the weak side, that's going to cause all sorts of trouble because Markeith is not going to be able to cover him on the perimeter and stop him from driving. You know, so what? Are you going to put Oubre on him? I mean, 
you know, Otto and Oubre could cover him, but then you're looking at uh, Jalen Brown playing big if he's playing, you know, shooting guard. So I think that's a big matchup problem, especially because I'm anticipating, you know, yelling at the TV screen while Mahinmi is going to be covering Al Horford for stretches during the game. And so, you know, imagine having Mahinmi on Horford and then Markeith on Tatum. I mean, that that's a recipe for, for I think, disaster. And I think we're going to see that on uh, on Monday. So, I mean, it's going to be some chess that we hope that, that uh, Scott Brooks is playing. Because there's, there's going to be a lot of matchup, uh, matchup problems that they can cause. Uh, one thing that will be interesting also a little bit about this game, you mentioned the idea of Mahimi guarding Horford, and that's a scary proposition. You know, Marchand Gortat only played three minutes and change in the first half today. He played 15 minutes total, which obviously – Everybody's minutes were down a little bit, but he didn't play much at all. And uh, I was not in here post game for Brooks, so I don't know if did, did, was that asked. Well, but he picked up the two fouls, you know, four minutes sure, in. He did. He picked and up so, really fast. Right. So then that took him out the rest of the first. And I think in the second, that's when when Gortat normally would come in. That's when they started pulling away. So I'm guessing they just. Yeah, he does that sometimes. You see in the fourth quarter where if Mahimi is sort of playing better, where the team is playing well, he doesn't put Gortat back in. So I, 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 I'm get, he didn't mention anything in the postgame, right. and I'm assuming it was just a matter of teams playing well and, you know. Right. Well, and anyway, my, what I was going to say sort of is, is the idea of who gets Horford. I mean, if it is Mahimi or Gortat, you know what? I mean, I kind of do think Mahimi might be your best hope. I mean, you know, n- neither one of them is obviously that particularly mobile. You don't want them running around the perimeter. But it's going to happen. If you're playing one of them, somebody has to do it. And I do think of the two, Mahimi's got a better chance to, to, to get out there. Um, so I, I just was wondering about that tonight in terms of the fact that Mahimi was playing a bit more um, than uh, than uh, Gortat. Um, yeah, so so the Hor- so you mentioned the uh, the Tatum one. I already mentioned a Horford one. To me, that is, that's definitely um, a lot of fun. And... Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna. I'll confess something here. I believe I had a take at some point this this off season on Twitter because I was I liked the Tim Frazier addition. I mean, in the sense that obviously this the backup point guard was right. a disaster. I think we can agree that even though he's not been perfect, it's still miles better with him in there than it was last year with Trey Burke and and probably Jennings for the most part. Uh, I, I I I was high enough on that move to say. That that adding Tim Frazier for what the Wizards needed would be a bigger deal this year, just this year, than Jason Tatum for the Celtics. In that you know he's probably gonna you know he's gonna have sort of the typical up and down as a rookie. They're not gonna need him a ton. Obviously things have changed because Gordon Hayward got hurt and they had to throw him in there more. But obviously that looks like a ridiculous idea because Tatum is playing at an insane level. I really liked him coming out of college. I was just looking at it from a standpoint of they have so many other people. He himself would not be a, a massive impact on Boston to the degree where Tim Frazier would potentially help the Wizards out a lot because they were it was like a, a net negative last year at point guard. Anyway, my point is, is I am uh, you know further proof that I am a moron. Yeah, I you know I wouldn't bring that up unprompted again. Um, <laughs> first of all, but uh, hey, yeah, I, you, but no, I, full disclosure. Here. Lo- yeah, full. <laughs> But I mean, you get my point, though, right? I get the point that look logically. I'm not saying that Tatum would be no, no, that no, Frazier I, is better right. than Tatum. Of no, course not. The 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 bench play was so bad. Yes, last year for Washington. Yes, they needed somebody. Now, yeah, but I wasn't that high on Frazier, and of course, I, you know, felt 
that Sadoransky should have been playing last year and again this year as well, and it could have helped out some. But, um, and yes, of course, Tatum wasn't supposed to be playing that big of a role, but I just remember in watching him in the summer league, um, and this is what Brooks said today. He said, you know, watching him, it's strange because he's like 20 years old, but it looks like he's been in the league for eight years. And watching him in summer league, you could see that from the first game because a lot of guys there, you know, their offense, it takes a while to sort of get adjusted in the summer league. They're just throwing, jacking up jumpers, and if they make them, they make them, but it doesn't have to look good. Tatum had a real NBA game from day one in the summer league. And so I knew as soon as I saw that 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 was going to be a problem. So Yeah, no, no. He, he looked really good. Like I said, it's just going to matter of like how many minutes was he going to play on oh, a yeah, team yeah. that has a bunch of other guys throw over his spot. Obviously, it worked out. By the way, this is definitely the Drew Hanlon game. Because he's got Beal, he's got Oubre, he's got Tatum. Uh, certainly, I mean, Tatum is, you know, playing crazy. Beal's obviously at a very high level. Oubre's been better this year. Speaking of Beal, let's get to that. Here is Bradley Beal game, primarily talking about the Celtics. I, 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 full disclosure, he was getting, the whole time he was doing his press conference, Tim Frazier was uh, nudging him, and they were playfully going back and forth. I believe I have edited out some of the uh, colorful language that was going on, but if I didn't, if I missed something, forgive, but that, that's all That's all in fun. Anyway, here's Bradley Beal talking about the Christmas Day game, or getting ready for the Christmas Day game against the Celtics. What do you think, man, is, first off, oh, Jason Tatum a gift. I bet we, I lost Duke in Florida, so I, I got to give him his gift tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not really happy about that. <laughs> What's his gift? Yeah, sure, pair of red bottoms. So I tried to break my pockets a little bit. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I think just the fact that we're playing on Christmas again, you know, that's a, that's an honor, you know, and a blessing in itself. And, you know, not many teams around the league get that opportunity every year. So just embracing that. And, um, <laughs> you know, bro, I'm trying to do an interview. But, you know, staying locked in and, and knowing that this is a tough team, you know, the best team in the East right now, you know, so, um, you know, we got we to gotta come out and be ready to go. You know, we know it's going to be energetic, you know, uh, you know, this is a team that, you know, they knocked us out last year, so, you know, we're going to feel a little bit, you know, some type of way about it, you know, come out, hopefully we can come out with that mindset, you know, be mad, you know, keep that same memory in the back of our head and come out and compete and get a W. Brad, what do you remember about how you felt the last time you walked out of that building? Yeah, I'm mad because to find a word that's worse than mad, and that's what I was, you know, so... Um, I feel like we we competed. I feel like we it was it was a great series. You know, I feel like uh, we we put ourselves in a position to win and, and have a chance. You know, I think it's the biggest thing is just the feeling of just being one step, a few plays away from you know being in the Eastern Conference Finals. So um, it was definitely frustrating, you know. But uh, you know, at the same time, it was a learning experience. Do they seem just completely different to you because it's Kyrie now? Guys, I mean, Horford's still there, but obviously, I'd say in the crowd of goal, yeah, Marcus is still there at least. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the, the dynamic of the team is a little different, you know. I think their style of play may be similar, but um, I think that the new additions are definitely going to be something that you got to get used to. And, uh, um, so, just a matter of uh, Learning from past experiences of playing against guys, you know, we played against guys in the league before, so we should know that tendency. You know, this is a team that we know that 
they let us to compete. You know, they're going to compete regardless of who's out there on the floor. You know, so. Have you watched much of them this year? You said usually when you're not here, you don't watch much hoops anyway. So. Not much. I mean, every now and then, but I just keep up with Jason. Not, not too much. Not too much. How do you think? Uh, I know we make a lot about the rivalry that was. Obviously, a lot of faces change. You know, Keith going into this says that he he, he knows it's going to be different because he's the same brothers on the other side. You got a friend in Jason Tatum, of course. Do you think there will be any of that still there, or is it, is it, is it going to be very different? Uh, well, I told him, not, he knows we're not going to be friends when, when the ball goes in the air. You know, that's Keith's brother, so I can't, I can't speak for Keith, but um, he competes with his brother all the time, I'm sure. So, um, you know, for the, I mean, for the mere fact, you know, there's still a team that beat us, the same organization. You know, faces are going to be different, so it is going to be a little bit of a change, but we still feel like this is a, this is one of the teams to beat and get past and, you know, they knocked us out last year so it's going to be it's definitely going to be it's going to be a good one the theme of this season is you guys are struggling against where the lesser teams rise up against some of the better teams how much of that is sort of some, something of a hangover from that Boston series because you were, you were that close to the Eastern Conference Finals and it's like hey we don't want to have to wait all these months so we get back to the playoffs to try to get there again is any of that is sort of a hangover from that no no, you know, it's a new year, new season. And, and, and I feel like that's not that's an excuse, you know, if we, if we say that. So, you know, we gotta we gotta realize that every year is different, every team is different, guys are getting better, you know, we're getting better, you know, individually and as a team. So uh, it's just a matter of us just realizing that we have to compete each and every night. We can't take a night off, you know, and we're not guaranteed to make it to the playoffs on top of that too. So, you know, we gotta get that out of our heads and and, uh, and really come out and compete every night and do whatever it takes to get a win. All right, Bradley Beal talking about the game. It is amazing, Adam. It is finally here. We feel like we've been talking about this game forever and a day. That day is coming Monday. Um, should be fun. Hopefully it will be fun. Hopefully the Wizards are, you know, play like they did tonight. I don't just mean making every shot, but, you know, with that focus, with that urgency, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we'll see beyond that. I, I'm treating this as the next game. I'm not treating this as necessarily a, a yard marker because of the fact that it doesn't, you know, it, even if they win and come out and blow them out, the next game is, the, you know, what, what happens then? And that's where this team has been. That said, take away that sort of, uh, you know, parental kind of tone. Should be a fun game. Excited to see. Like you said, I'm excited to see Tatum. See where they're at, and uh, you know, should be uh, should be a good time. Yeah, I mean, there's also you get the they're all you have the Kyrie versus Wall, which is always fun. That's sort of a personal thing. You got Beal being friends with Tatum, so you bring that personal stuff in there. You got oh, we didn't even get to the you twins. Got, you got the Mar- yeah, you got Markeith and Marcus. So you actually think that it could be even more personal than last year. It became personal because with Crowder and the guys not liking each other, but you still have Marcus Smart there on Beal. That's always a tough matchup. So, I mean, there are, you know, it's, this isn't just random things where they need to start a rivalry. It's, you know, Beal going at Tatum. You know, there's going to be, I'm sure, a lot of talking. And so there's there's at least three matchups where where there's a personal connection. Uh, so it should be, it should be fun. And you just hope that Washington comes and shows up and, and plays. And Boston has not been playing well lately. So it's not the same team that started the, the, the season on fire. So I think they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. 
they did lost a couple games back to back. So, you know, let's. It's not as daunting of a task as, as we would have thought to start. And also, I will say one thing. You said we've been talking about it. We're waiting. It's, it's Christmas Day. I don't think the Celtics have given one thought to this until they looked at the schedule maybe, you know, a week ago. This is not – that's sort of the difference between the big brother, little brother situation that we have. It's that Washington's talking about this, circling it, oh, talking about game seven. And, and you know, the Celtics, you know, so much has happened since that game for them. And they're like – they're at a different level right now. I mean, that's the reality. They're at a different level. And Washington's not not there yet. So I think this is a much bigger game for Washington than it is for, for Boston. Uh, Marcus Smart, after the Celtics, I guess after the Celtics game today, said about the Celtics Wizards beef, quote, I never thought of it as a rivalry, and there are a lot of new faces. So the, the, the second part is factually true. There are a lot of new faces. The I never thought of it as a rivalry, I don't, what, what, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for him, obviously. I, I, it seems like that would be inaccurate based on what happened in those playoffs. But like to your point, they won that series and went to face Cleveland. And for them, I'm sure they spent the entire offseason going, oh, how do we beat Cleveland? The Wizards spent the entire offseason on some level saying, hey, how do we get past Boston? So, yes, you're right. It is a different dynamic. Um, but Crowder, I saw a quote from Crowder. Uh, you know, I guess it was after a Cleveland game. Somebody somebody asked him. And he said, yeah, we wanted to kick their ass when we played them. Yeah, so, we, he, you know, that, that is how they felt. Oh, Wouldn't definitely. It? Yeah, I mean, it, to, to, that was a contentious series. Anybody right. who would say would say otherwise would be, you know, making right. it up. That's just more if you're looking semantics on the word rivalry. It's only one time they played it and no one cares anymore. That's fine. But so call it what you want. It was a heated series and they're they're ready to play again. So yes, it's not a rivalry in that it only happened once. And there are plenty of other teams right now between Washington and Boston in the standings. But um, it's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to be heated. I don't normally ask for predictions, you know, a game ahead, but I won't necessarily make you pick a uh, a winner or a loser unless you'd like to. But who is the key player? Do you think who's the guy? However you want to say it, who's the key player for the Wizards in in this one? Well, I mean, this is tough because there's so many wild cards. You have, I mean, Kyrie can obviously go off and and, and score forty, you know, with like it's nothing. Uh, you know, Wall has the same capability of taking over a game. You look what Beal did in Game Seven. Um, you know, I, I'd say I'd say the most important player is Marquise, and that's because not so much what he needs to do for the team, but what he needs to stop the Celtics from doing. And I'm really concerned about having Tatum and Horford at the four-five, and how Washington is going to answer that. I mean, Marquise has to be the guy who's who's able to get out on the perimeter and cover. Otherwise, I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to, Horford's going to go in one five pick and rolls the whole time. And, and, you know, whether it's Gortat or Mahimi, I don't think either of them can cover Horford. In fact, on the list of players who I would rather see covering Horford, I'd rather have Markeith cover him, Ubre, and then John Wall. Because John Wall is like one of the best. Uh, you want John Wall covering Horford? Yes, on the block, John Wall is better at covering big men than. Than, than those other two guys, and Mahimi and Gortat. So guys like Horford who aren't going to just bury him down low. Because Wall reaches in, he gets steals. I would have rather had Wall on Olenek. Uh, and then on the perimeter, he could play him. So I'm saying it's a major issue. It's a major matchup problem. And yes, I'm exaggerating slightly with Wall, but I'd rather have Wall on the court covering him than Mahimi, certainly. Well, I mean, if you look to the, with the Cleveland matchup, Brooks not, was not, did not, not LeBron. Yeah. Well, well, he didn't hesitate to put Wall on yeah. LeBron. So I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say Morris also because, you know, whether he's playing the five or, you know, that series last year, again, it, 
that game one alone, it turned when he got hurt uh, because they just simply didn't have anybody who yeah. could do the things he could do. Now you do have Mike Scott this year, but it, you know, my, it, and Mike Scott's been uh, you know spectacular of late, obviously. Um, but it does still feel like Markeith got to get there. But just to pick somebody else, I'll, I'll go with Otto. I mean, he's back now two games. He did have 17 points tonight, started to look a little bit more like the guy we've seen. He hit four of six from three. You know, the, the Wizards still are missing. You know, if we, uh, you know, I don't like the label that the Wizards have a big three, but based on salary, uh, you know, that would be the three. And Otto, obviously, for most of the year, has played really well. It's been a minute, though, since he since we've truly felt, wow, the Wizards have this guy who's making all the plays. Um, he did hit some shots tonight, if, he, if that's a real thing, if, the, if, if he's you know, feeling a little better with that hip and can go. That, then that's going to be huge, and um, you know, again, to, to you know, in terms of the, the, the defensive approach, if the Wizards go small with Markeith, say at the five or something like that, then you know, then Otto could be the one dealing with um, yeah. Tatum or, 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 or what have you. So, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll go with him as, as sort of the second guy. Um, all right, man. I said we go now between the two of us and get out of here and go figure out. <laughs> Uh, you know the mean streets of DC. What what, what kind of damage we can we can do out there? <laughs> and by that I mean I'm going home. Um, <laughs> all right, appreciate you guys. Thanks to Mr. Adam Rubin with TruthAboutIt.net. Follow him on Twitter at Liddell's Place. I'm at Ben Standig. Uh, iTunes for the podcast or anywhere else you do your podcasting. And uh, hey, again, happy holidays. Be safe out there. Wizards getting it going on Christmas Day. Uh, I guess I'll be doing a podcast after that game. I have not figured out. What I'm doing with it, I have not asked anybody in particular if they want to be part of it because it's sort of one of those days where I really just don't feel like asking anybody to help. But if I can figure it out, I will make it work. So count on a Wizards podcast after the Christmas Day game. Uh, until next time, see ya. Everybody Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Long drive, long shot. Dagger!